Sports. Sports. Podcast. I am Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Pomaville. And joining us as always is the sports outsider, Phil Aranta. Did you forget my last name for a second there, Joel? I, I almost called you Phil Anderson there. <laughs> yeah, I think that you thought that we were brothers and not from other mothers, but from same mothers. Yeah, in a way we are. <laughs> yeah, we're brothers. Or maybe you just decided you wanted to have like a good last name. You don't think Ranta's a good last name? What is Ranta? It ends oh. in a vowel, but it's not Italian. I uh, think it looks great on the back of a jersey. It's got five letters. Yeah. Easy for chance. Let's no, go Ranta. It, and it's reasonably it's, rare, which I like. You don't need sounds, a lot of Rantas. It That's sounds true. made up. It sounds like the name that you would give the character you're writing who's like a Fox News host who talks too much in, in, uh, in the movie. Oh, God. I hope that I get that job someday. Yeah. Just... <laughs> Just saying, Anderson, solid, Scotch-Irish, everybody knows it's a last name. But it doesn't have an identity. It could be anything. Yeah. You're the son of Ander. Right. There's been a lot of Anders, though, so makes for a complex, uh, when there's two different tribes named Anderson or hundreds of different tribes named Anderson, how confusing is that? I mean, not that confusing, Phil, because tribal society dropped away a long time ago. We now live in... Much larger, heterogeneous uh, states. But you don't and know I who wanna... you're related to and who you're not related to. It's confusing. I know I'm related to almost every Ranta that in the world. I guess that's a fair point. I have not, like, dated somebody named Anderson. Where Phew. I feel like you, you, would, you would right out of the gate be like, I'm not dating someone named Ranta. Exactly. There's Whereas something if going I met on there. Someone who was like really great and named Anderson, like I would have to do research. Yeah. I this is a sports comedy, comedy podcast. podcast. <laughs> I was trying to say it with you, Phil. Ah, uh, we were so close. <laughs> we cover all the all the sports comedy news out there. And yep. uh today we have a big get, or not actually a big get, but we have great coverage because the masters are happening right now. Oh, great. Totally unique. It's usually uh, in the spring. Now we have it in kind of late fall here. And yep. we have super fan Dan, who, if you remember, was the homeless person who was found living in a suite at uh, the Tampa Bay Rowdies soccer stadium. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's let's say wasn't homeless when we met him. No, that's but true. Was immediately thereafter. Right. 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 He was homeless again. He kind of had an up and down sort of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> kind of a classic sitcom plot. Exactly. <laughs> But uh, but now he's he's we've we've fired Patrick Brandenburg. Uh, Thank God, of finally, his, his unprofessional behavior at uh, the Tour de France, and so we've hired him, uh, Super Fan Dan, as our new correspondent. So I'm excited to have his first dispatch from the Masters. I love it. We're, well, I'm sure we'll learn a lot. Yeah, no one's there this year. Totally different. He is a lot to enlighten for us. So that'll be mm. great. And we got a wide world of weird sport. You're goddamn right, we do. And news, news, news. But first, Tim Tebow update. Watch update. Tim Tebow, update, watch, update, brought to you by... Mentos, feel the rush in your mouth! Tim Tebow doesn't like to swear, even if a swear word is in the proper name of something. Uh Uh-oh. Subheadline... That's fucking ridiculous. (laughs) Subheadline, Tebow reportedly gave all the money he made as consulting producer on NBC's The Good Place to charity. Oh, that's nice. 
Yeah. And uh, obviously not the swear jar. Right. That's that's forking great. <laughs> Former NFL quarterback and current celebrity baseball player, Timothy Richard Tebow is by all accounts a genuinely nice guy who always does the right thing and when reached for a quote, always says the right thing. He's like a, a well-trained Nuke Lelouch if Nuke Lelouch understood what he was saying and didn't have sex with Annie at any point in Bull Durham. Yeah. Yeah. But what if... came out before <laughs> Tim Tebow was born. So there's no way he could have had sex with anybody in that movie. I believe it was the same year he was born. Wait, really? I believe so. It was 88 well, or 89, what? right? Uh... Oh, I'm now re. I'm, it's now occurring to me that Tim Do- Tim Tim Tebow's way younger than me, which yeah. I don't like to do. But <laughs> all right, <clears throat> but what if Tim Tebow was put into a position where he had to say something wrong? Ooh, wouldn't, wouldn't that be cheeky? What yeah. would he do? Like well, if like if someone tied up his entire family and was all, "You must profane God, or we'll kill them and you." And Tebow is like a pious Kaiser Sosa. He's all like, "Ha." Joke's on you. Go ahead and kill everyone. I want yeah. martyrdom. I'm not going to say Jesus farts just for you. In what context would he ever have to say Jesus farts? <laughs> well, I, I'm imagining that's, that's... I just laid out an entire scenario, Phil. Did you not yeah, find that plausible? No, I, I, no, maybe. You know, sure, maybe. Yeah, sure. Maybe. Rival drug lords that... moving into his area. They tie up his whole family, you that's... know. That's as egregious a swear as Tim Tebow can imagine. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, But seriously, mother forkers, on a recent (laughs) podcast, former New York Jets center Nick Mangold, who has an excellent last name. Right. Talking about a last name you want to see in the back of a jersey, Mangold. And he's He's, the center? He's going to be president, Jordan. Ooh, love it. No one's going to be able to stop him. Let's just hope he, he believes in things we like because there's no there's no question about it. President Mangold? Yes, sir. Oh, I like it. Uh, he said that Tebow would go out of his way not to say the word shit, which, I mean, as far as cuss words go, SH word, pretty benign, right? Yeah, you can say yeah. it on cable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, well, it depends on the, uh, the channel and, uh, and the time. Yeah, most channels choose not to say it, but they could. I feel like it Yeah, be the, South Park did a whole situation. episode where they just said shit as many times as they could in an episode. But they right, had they aired had it, but it aired it at 10, and when it's aired uh, during daytime hours, they bleep it. Really? I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. No. Wow. But, uh, but again, I, I suspect that that's Comedy Central. Uh, who is it? After the first debate, Dana Bash called it a shit show on CNN. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and that was pre-10, I think. I'm just saying, I think it's internal. Not on East Coast. Not on East Coast, Joel. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, But anyway, so Nick Nick Mangold says, we had a play that was the why, oh shit, screen, where the tight end actually fakes like he fell down on a running play, hops up, runs back over, throw back to the tight end, and he's usually wide open. Okay? So he's like Tebow in the huddle. He goes to the whole formation and gets the last play. Quote, why all right screen? You guys know what it is. <laughs> and we're like, no, Tim, what is it? <laughs> and he goes, no, I, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> the Jets have not come out of their huddle yet. Uh, They're pointing. They, sort of they have taken the ball away from their quarterback and, and seem to be holding it above his head saying, <laughs> say it, say it. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> that happened real quick story that happened to this uh, kid I went to junior high with in elementary school uh, a bunch of kids uh, tied him to the uh, basketball pole yeah. and uh, made him say the F word okay to oh. get released and then and then they told a lunch mom on him for saying the F word <laughs> good <laughs> oh sweet oh, revenge the internal logic of children is so cruel and yet so I know. It's so perfect. <laughs> Diabolical. <laughs> and that kid grew up to be the president of the United States of America. Tim Tebow, were- update, watch, update. Tim Tebow, update, watch, update. Brought to you by... Mentos, feel the rush in your mouth. News, news, news on the Sports, Sports, Sports podcast with Jordan, Joel, and Phil. News, news, news. The grass is green. The glove is cool. Having a dog at the game. Totally baseball. Major rebrand. Baseball's cool now. Totally baseball. Brought to you by... Flamin' Hot Mountain Dew. We put that Cheetos power powder in the Mountain Dew. I don't know if I want to have a Flamin' Hot Mountain Dew. It reminds me of uh, of a Michelada. You guys ever had one of those? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm all for like it. It's not that it tastes bad, but I'm like when I'm drinking something cool, I want it to be refreshing, not spicy. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Have you had Have you had like a good one, like at a good bar that does them? Yeah, I mean, I've I've okay. had good ones, and I'm like, okay. oh, I can see why people would want to drink this. The flavors are all very interesting, but just on a fundamental level, I think I realized that like. When I have a beer, like I want to eat something spicy and ah. then take a sip of my nice cool beer. Yeah, I and agree. Combining the two, it was like maybe if I'm at like a cocktail party or something. But other than that, you know, this just doesn't work for me. Yeah, I'm with you. The grass like is green. Barbecue. The glove is cool. <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry. And that was totally baseball. <laughs> uh, newly hired Chicago White Sox manager Tony Larusa charged with his second DUI. Whoa. Oh. Subheadline: Incident is actually very low on list of reasons not to hire Tony Larusa. Yeah, Jordan. Sorry, I, 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 you must have broken the filter on your your Google News somehow. But you've actually gotten us a story from like the seventies, I think. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, and but to your point, Joel, when the Chicago White Sox hired Tony Larusa a couple of weeks ago, twenty eight other baseball teams laughed. But the twenty ninth, the Detroit Tigers immediately hired AJ Hinch. Then laughed. <laughs> the the White Sox are an up and coming team loaded with young talent. Larissa Larusa is uh, seventy six years old and uh, hasn't managed in nine seasons and just plain loaded. Yeah. Uh, to to baseball insiders, Larusa seemed like a bad idea because he's the type of manager that teams are no longer interested in. One yeah. that wants to make his own decisions. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, nope. to, we to want someone who's going to look at the spreadsheet and go, yep, you're right. <laughs> Let's just do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, to uh, cultural critics, it was as if the White Sox were trying to make the least woke possible hire. And not just because <laughs> he's made very unfortunate and uh, wrong-headed comments regarding Colin Kaepernick in the past. It's just like the White Sox went to the old boys club and asked who their oldest living member was. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, okay, let's go with him. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Like, it's not like that they got that guy and everyone's like, he's in the old boys club. And they're like, yes, he pays dues and he's there for like major events. 
but it's just a socializing thing. It's not a big part of his life. It's like, no, Tony LaRusa is like editor in chief of the old yeah. boys club or whatever you would, I guess it's, I've been spending too much time in print, but, uh, I think he's just, he's like, just been like honored for his like 75th year in the old boys club. Yeah. Like he, they were just a gala for him. And then, then they're like, like, you know, you, you've been with us since back in the good old days. <laughs> um, I mean, hiring La Russa, you know, is not, it's not very totally baseball at all. It's, it's an only baseball move. Yeah. In, in that sense, I do like it. <laughs> you know, no, totally baseball <laughs> is about playing with passion, backflips, yeah. flaming hot Mountain Dew. Right. And, <laughs> and not throwing at people's heads anymore. <laughs> right. And I'm. I'm opposed to all of those things. <laughs> I want more life-threatening situations, and I want them to be less interesting. So uh, now, uh, so now back to the DUI, though. So it comes to light that uh, back when he was uh, still working in the front office of the Diamondbacks in February, he got a DUI in spring training in Arizona, and uh, he didn't he didn't go full Mel Gibson, but the the police report gives us a little of that. Do you know who I am? Flavor. That the yeah. public craves when their favorite celebrities are pulled over for drinking and driving. <laughs> um, according to the police report, when asked about the drinking, Larusa stated, "Quote: I had one glass of wine while at dinner with my friends." Yeah, that's yeah. what they all say. That's is a classic move. Yeah, yeah. First of all, pro tip, everybody: if a cop asks you if you've been drinking, just say no, regardless. Yeah. <laughs> Don't try with the soft lie. Yeah, like that's, they know that one. And also like once you, I think it's like once you told them you've had any alcohol, then they have probable cause to breathalyze you. Yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing. We've all been there and even not in a police situation, we've all rounded down a bottle of whiskey and a bag of pretzels to single glass of wine with dinner with my friends. Sure. You know, sure. Yeah. I mean, not just to hide our drinking, but to make it sound like we have friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean to hide to hide the sadness that makes us drink as well. Yeah, like oh man, this bottle of whiskey and pretzels is great, and I wish I was just having a glass of wine with my friends. <laughs> uh, I'll, bef- I'll tell you what's a red flag for me, Jordan. <laughs> what, what? I mean, there's obviously a lot. Right. <laughs> a second DUI in a year, and he's seventy six. Oh no, this isn't a second DUI in a year. This is a second DUI that we know about. Okay, oh, well, but, in that case, he's doing great. In 76 years, he's only gotten two DUIs. That's a lot of yeah. time. It's this one every means, 38 years. Yeah. The, the fact that they're coming, uh, they're coming, like, at the end of... Uh, this, to me, says a guy who's now just sort of like, eh, fuck it, I'm 76. Yeah. I'm going to drive drunk. Uh, before being searched and put in the parole car, a uh, patrol car, <laughs> LaRusa asked, do you see my ring? The police officer didn't know what he was talking about, so Larusa continued, "I'm a Hall of Famer baseball person." <laughs> nice. Once in the police car, Larusa again stated, "I'm legit. I'm a Hall of Famer, brother. You're trying to embarrass me." You know, so the officer, a, I would work on some cops. I bet. I mean, I think I think the problem is if you have to say, "Do you know who I am?" It's not going to work. Yeah, that's probably yeah. true. Like, I think if a cop knows who you are and is inclined to give you a, a bit of a break, a bit of a pass, that's they're going to come to that on their own because yeah. they recognize yeah. you. Yeah, they're not going to be like won over. They're going, "This is Tony Larusa," but 
I guess I just gotta say nothing and give him a ticket because he hasn't identified himself. <laughs> right. I mean, also, it's not like he's the manager of the Diamondbacks, right? He has some bullshit yeah. front office posts. Like, if he was the manager of the Diamondbacks and you're a Phoenix area cop, maybe. Yeah. You bend the rules for him, but not, not, no. Um, but, yeah, but honestly, this really does seem like how, you know, any one of us could put in this situation, specifically me, how I would try to get out of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, first mentally turning wild turkey into Pinot Noir. That's step yeah. one. Yep. That's good. Yep. Th- then try to get him to see if they would believe my high school class ring is actually a World Series ring. And, <laughs> and if, as long as I don't say b- a player, I think maybe they, I could get him to believe I'm a Hall of Fame baseball person. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know? I'm a columnist for uh, BuzzFeed. <laughs> I hear, see, I hear Hall of Fame baseball person, and I feel like Tony La Russa started it like, hey, I'm a Hall of Famer. And then he realized, oh, if they don't recognize me, maybe they don't know. And he started to go with baseball. And then after he said baseball, he's like, oh, they probably don't even know what manager means. And so he had to downgrade all the way to person. <laughs> yeah that's a lot of mental gymnastics but yeah, yeah assessing <laughs> assessing the cop's interest as it nosedived in front of him <laughs> well he's he's yet to comment publicly on the arrest and uh again why this would is, he jordan sounds like members something of the old boys club don't comment publicly on drunk driving arrests it's true he could refer to them to the secretary at the old boys club for for a statement yeah um when reached monday night Larusa told espn I have nothing to say, and hung up the phone. Which, which again, sounds like how I would react. Sure. Yeah. Sure. You know, I don't want them to know, really, I have, I have no, no friends except this <laughs> bottle of wild turkey and bag of rolled gold. Yeah. I mean, also, there is nothing to say. Yeah. They, they, like, the story of DUI is not an interesting story unless you're a celebrity. And even then, yeah. eh. I mean, you could, you could make it fun. Like if, right, if yeah. like if you actually were having dinner with friends, you could name drop maybe one of your famous friends. Oh sure, Mel like, Gibson. We were, yeah, yeah, we were doing shots. You know, yeah. that'd be fun. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I think barring, I mean, yes, if you want to come out and say like apologize and say obviously I put people's lives at risk and I shouldn't right. have done that and this is a mistake. You know, that's one thing. But but other than that, it's just what what is there to say? Well, I'll tell you what the White Sox are saying. They're saying what all professional sports teams say when they're not really planning on punishing an employee for breaking the law, but social (laughs) norms dictate they have to say something. Yeah. They're, quote, letting the legal process play out. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Which, if there were any truth to that, (laughs) (laughs) might, might not be a terrible policy for sports teams to take, but... They also claim that they knew of the arrest at the time of the hire, and, uh... I'm sort of like, so what if they didn't? I'm not sure which is funnier. (laughs) The grass is green. The glove is cool. Having a dog at the game. Total of baseball. Major rebrand. Baseball's cool now. Total of baseball. Brought to you by... Mountain Dew Flaming Limon. Now with a little squirt of Limon. Now on the podcast is new sports, sports, sports correspondent, Super Fan Dan. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Great I, like, I appreciate that I am now a professional podcaster. 
And we appreciate you. This is great because we got a press pass for the Masters this year for the first time ever, and we thought this is the time to, to really activate Superfan Dan. So oh, I guess yeah. could you tell us a little bit about the scene at Augusta National this well, year? Well, first of all, I really appreciate you putting me up in such wonderful lodgings. There uh, was... We didn't put you up in... I mean, we, we gave you a, a stipend for a hotel yeah. room. But... No, that, that press pass got me right on the grounds, and that's where I reside. Oh, boy. Oh, Wait, yeah. So, I'm sorry, you've been, you've been sleeping on the, the grass of Augusta National? Is that? Oh, correct? I wouldn't sleep on the grass. you got to keep that in good shape for the golfers. Look, I'm trying to be an impressive employee for you guys. I don't want to get in anybody's way or anything. Yeah. Come on, Jordan. He's he's staying with one of the groundskeepers at the facilities, I'm sure. Oh, no. I just stay right inside of the pro shop. In the pro shop? Yep. They have a bunch of golf towels, and I lay those out, and I just, you know, I stay there. <laughs> and then every once in a while, I get up, and they got one of those uh, one of those uh, uh, putting greens. And then I wake up, and I work on my short game, and then I go out, and I be the best correspondent I can be. <laughs> that is... Wow. Uh, don't Did you know that they've got club sandwiches at the clubhouse? Yeah, yeah I, I actually wanted to ask you about this. They're kind of famous for their pimento cheese sandwich. Yeah, and you can make them yourself if you just go back in the kitchen. <laughs> Dan, you're, you're really not supposed to be, you know, and I, I, I just, I don't want you to, I don't want you to get any trouble, and I don't want the podcast to get any trouble. Yeah. You, you, I don't know that you should be in the... us getting a press pass again next year. Yeah, what, what have you been, what have you been doing? Look, I, every once in a while, I like to have a midnight snack. <laughs> We've all been there. Nothing's open. Yeah. Nothing's open on the actual golf course, so that's when you have to go get your pimento cheese. And you know what? Sometimes you put a little bacon on it. That sounds. Re- that actually sounds really good, Dan. I call it a yeah. pimento cheese club sandwich. Mm. From the golf club. I'll get you natural. <laughs> well, uh, and, and so no one has... Is security talk to you about? I mean, I would assume that like people are coming in in the morning and going, "Hey, there's dirty towels all over the clubhouse," and someone. Yeah, Augusta National is kind of known for how how clean they keep the course. Yeah, oh, you know, I, I, I gotta say, it's a bad look if they keep women out for like fifty some odd years, and then the first homeless guy there doesn't get booted. Yeah, I'm a bit of an activist, as you know, and I think that the patriarchy <laughs> needs to be torn down. You know. I agree, that's a problem. But yeah, they uh, they haven't caught me, so it's <laughs> like it didn't even happen. Well, I guess can we get a let's. I'm sorry if we're focusing too much on your accommodations. Yeah, Dan. we got to let's we, talk uh, about me being such a wonderful correspondent. Right, and I'm just I'm really concerned about us never being able to get a correspondent into Augusta ever again. But well. Well, we're taping this right, early, early Sunday morning. So, but right, but as of now, going into day four, Dustin Johnson is leading. He's a sixteen under par. Behind me, you have Cameron Smith, and I, I guess I want to know, like, what is the feel on the course? Does it look like Dustin Johnson can close this? He's got a four-stroke lead going into today. Yeah, I, frankly, I think that Dustin Johnson uh, is a very, very good chance of closing down on this because I was sitting inside the woods. And he hit a golf ball into the woods. I just picked it up and I threw it right back into the fairway. Because <laughs> I, wa- I really want to see him win. He seems like a great kid. Well, uh, yeah, but 
Oh, but Dan, that's uh, that's not. I mean, you're you're. It's not really fair to the other golfers for you to be helping. One oh, I was just trying to be helpful. You know, when you guys, I take my job very seriously. When you guys send me to somebody like Augusta, I really appreciate it. So I just want to make sure that everyone has the best time they can. Yeah, Dan, I just <laughs> got to say though, when we were training you to to do this job, you were taking it was the correspondence course, obviously. Uh, and I do appreciate the membership to Coursera you guys got me. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. But but I, I believe one of the first lessons was something about not impacting the events, reporting on them without affecting them. Oh, I thought you meant negatively impacting the events. I would no. never do that. Yeah, no, this... No effect at all. Yeah, yeah okay, is, well, like lessons time, learned. This is the time travel thing, Dan. Yeah. You know, you, if you go back in time, you can't touch anything, good or bad, because you could, you know, mess up the space-time continuum. And being a correspondent at some place like the Masters, I would say, is very similar like that. Would you agree, Joel? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Look, Just guys, don't touch what's anything. done is done. We can't keep looking backwards. <laughs> it's time for us to look towards the future. Clearly, I did something a correspondent wasn't supposed to do. And tonight, oh. when I'm sleeping on top of all of those golf towels inside of that cushy uh, uh, pro shop... And wearing that uh, extra extra large night shirt that says Augusta <laughs> National on it, I'll think I'll think about what I've done, and then I'll, I'll have a better day tomorrow. Okay, but Dan, uh, do you know how you clean know the- they keep the water traps at Augusta? You could take a bath in it. Oh wait, I... Dan, wait wait a second. That Dan, are you bathing in the the the? The, the drink at Augusta National. That's the funny thing, though, about staying at the pro shop is there's really nowhere where you can take a bath. And I just want to make sure I'm presenting the Sports 3 podcast in the best possible light I can. I can't be dirty. Okay. So uh... I wake up very early in the morning. I take a bath inside of the water traps. I lay out in the sun and get a little bit of a tan in one of the bunkers. And then I wipe myself off with some of those golf towels from the gift shop. I make myself a pimento cheese bacon sandwich, and then I'm ready to face the day. <laughs> okay, uh, that's boy. I gotta, I gotta tell you, Dan. Has has anyone noticed you bathing in the the water traps? I am very good at avoiding the prying eyes of security guards. Yeah, <laughs> boy, I'm glad. I, I really want to try to uh, get this a little bit back to the, the event itself, which is very unique this year. It's taking place in the fall, late fall, and as a result, you know, it's getting dark earlier, and every day they've had to actually call play, and several golfers have had to just stop and, uh, you know, start, you know, in the morning. So I guess my question is, how has the shortness of the days, you think, affected uh, the the Masters as a whole? I don't, it's been great for me. It's hard to see people in the dark. Right. So I can have my run of the place as soon as it gets dark. (laughs) Yeah, during the day, I really memorize where everything is in relationship to it. I could walk around Augusta with my eyes closed. And in the dark, I kind of do. Well, uh, I mean, I strongly suspect you're not going to be allowed back there, so... I don't think that's true. Nobody sees me. I'm like a ninja when it's dark out. I'm very crafty. (laughs) Ninjas don't often leave large piles of soiled golf towels behind them, but... I see your point. Yeah, there goes those golf towels will have to be thrown out. Yeah. There's some there's some old story from Japan about the ninja was captured because the samurai found uh found all the go- golf towels he was leaving behind. 
I don't know what that's in reference to. Well, uh, well, Dan, it's an I guess, allegory. Is there any more, uh, I guess, insight you can give us on this year's Masters? Like I said, Justin Johnson kind of looks like in the driver's seat. You know, some big names behind him. Several strokes. Rory McIlroy, Justin Thompson, Brooks Kepka, And, of course, you know, Woods and Mickelson made the cut. But, you know, going into today, we're over par. Is there any other, I guess, analysis you can tell us, uh, maybe from talking to the players about this being a different Masters this year? Oh, most of the time when the players are talking to me, they say, hey, get out of the way. I'm trying to hit my drive. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, are you are you interviewing the players during rounds? I am a really great reporter. I just want to make the podcast as good as it can be. So, yeah, yeah. When, whenever they're sitting there and everybody's getting really quiet, I think, this is my time, baby. <laughs> and I walk up and I start asking questions. That I mean, this is kind of the, the, the gumption that we hired you for. That's the, the gumption. Kind of, that's like true. to see Patrick Brandenburg do something like that. I bet he can. Right. You're very ask ask uh, for forgiveness, not permission. That's kind of uh, how you live, it would seem. That's how you move up in this world. Well, real quick, uh, Tiger Woods is there. Did you by any chance have a, uh, a, get, a get to talk to his caddy? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, an, a, another person that we have in the podcast with some frequency. Yeah, he actually, he was the one that said, you know, uh, get away from my golfer. I'm not going to tell you three times. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, that's that's in character for him. Well, Superfan Dan, I really appreciate you doing this for us. Uh, try, try to stay out of trouble. Yep. Thank you for the lodgings. And now it's time for another wide world of weird sports. Oh, it's weird sports time. We love weird sports. Wide world of weird sports. What do we got this week? This week's wide world of weird sports: strangest mascot injuries, part three. Ooh. That's right. The yeah. stunning conclusion. Absolutely. <laughs> so, including when when the Philadelphia Philly was stunned. <laughs> yeah, stone cold stunned. Yeah. Uh, Saber in April of 1996, Saber, the mascot for the now defunct Fort Wayne Fury was seriously injured in a scary 50 foot fall onto concrete prior to the game. Holy shit. Yeah. He was hospitalized with a broken back, but eventually did recover. Yeah. That's the horrible part of the injury. Obviously the strange part is Saber's fall was from rafters that was actually broken by another Fury mascot. Oh, no. Yeah, the mascot who broke his fall was thankfully not injured. He fell on top of another mascot. (laughs) No, wait. And you said his name was Saber. Is this this man in a sword costume? I gotta assume so. There's no picture of him, but that seems like that would be logical. Boy, well, you gotta gotta say, though, uh, as much as one likes being a mascot for the Furies... Uh, if you're the, the one who's not the saber, you're just walking around there worried all the time. Like the, the sword of Damocles is just suspended above you. Yep. Could fall on you anytime. So true. Uh, the Oriole bird in May of 1999, one of the Orioles, three mascots, John Crownapple, was injured after being pushed off an outfield wall during a game against the White Sox. He fell 15 feet and broke his left ankle. Whoa. Yeah. Who? Pushed him off of it. Oh, this must have been at Comiskey. Yeah, Philadelphian Louis Vitgliano was arrested and charged with second-degree assault and reckless endangerment for pushing Crown Apple. He was forced to heal at home in a wheelchair. 
Whoa. Oh, so they beat him up for pushing the mascot off. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Testudo, in November of 1988, the Maryland Terrapins mascot, which is apparently named Testudo, had an encounter with Virginia Cavalier during a game that didn't end well for him. Oh, Testudo must be a parliamentarian. Yeah, could be. That mean old Cavalier knocked the poor little Testudo to the ground, breaking his arm in three places in the process. Whoa! Yeah. That's a hell of a knock to the ground. Having broken my arm in one place on three different occasions. Yikes. And those were all pretty, pretty big things that did it. I can't imagine what would make it break twice. Yeah. Well, Maryland was not super enthused about having to pay the bill for the mascot's injury, but was later forced to spend $5,000 for his medical bills. Yes. My God. Yeah. Why didn't he just retreat into his shell? He could have. Could have. Could have. Cy, on September of 2011... Iowa State's mascot, Cy, was seriously injured during a football game against Connecticut while the student section and, at Connecticut's Rentschler Field. And there this was, would be the – he. this is the mascot that's shaped like a Japanese knife of sorts. Oh, yeah. He's the one that did Gangnam Style. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, there was some initial concern that poor Cy had met with foul play. Uh, There were some witnesses at the scene that said he may have been pushed on uh, a fall that resulted in a broken arm. Officials from both athletic departments worked together to make sure the student received proper medical attention. The police investigated the incident and determined that no physical altercation was tied to the event. Thanks, Hmm, cops. So he just like... Cover up. It's a cover up. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like it. Who are these cops working for? Uh, Wild Wing... On October of 1995, Ducks mascot Wildwing was injured while trying to leap over a wall of flames during a particularly adventurous pregame show. Uh, yep. Oh Unfortunately, Wildwing did not quite make it over the wall of fire. Instead, he went through the inferno, setting himself aflame in the process. Yep, so not like, great. Like well, old school. Yeah, exactly. He just <laughs> like set himself exactly the scene in old school. Yep. Well, you know, uh, art, art reflects reality, so... Yeah, uh, Benny Beaver. Whoa, 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 whoa! Can we get can I get an update on the guy that lit himself on fire? Oh, they don't have an update in this article. Oof. Oh, I so I assume okay. he survived, or else they wouldn't have made jokes about it. Okay. Yeah, those mascot unis are pretty big, and he would have been on ice. So if he rolled like he was supposed to, yeah, you're already he's already dropped at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Benny Beaver. On October 1995, Oregon State's Benny Beaver had an unfortunate run-in with the Cal offensive tackle Tarek Glenn, who was on his way to the locker room at the time. An agitated Glenn slugged poor Benny. Later in the season, he had another altercation, but he, actually it was a she, may have had this one coming. After knocking Arizona's Frank Middleton in the dome with an inflatable hammer, Middleton turned around and punched Benny in the head. (laughs) <laughs> again there was a female person inside the mascot uniform yeah here's the thing and i just gotta go ahead and say this inflatable hammers just do not work yeah. you know like i don't know if you've ever tried to hammer in a nail with an inflatable hammer it's yeah. not easy pops the hammer like yeah. plan to hit this guy over the head with a hammer you're not thinking he's gonna be able to turn around and smack you 
But that's why you got to use a real hammer. So true. You know, they used to make inflatable hammers a lot better. My dad had an inflatable hammer that his dad gave him. It's lasted for 70 years. They don't make them like that anymore. <laughs> right, exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yep. Uh, bully, in December 2013, Mississippi State mascot Bully was seriously injured during an egg bowl, during the egg bowl against rival Ole Miss. In the fourth quarter of the game, he was clipped by an ESPN golf cart careening down the sideline. Inside the bully costume was student Michaela Mills, who was carted off the field in a stretcher. She later underwent surgery to repair a compound fracture in her leg. At least the Bulldogs won the game, so her sacrifice wasn't in vain. That is good. That's a big rivalry game. I I disagree. Still in vain. Yeah, maybe a little (laughs) bit. I think they probably could have won without her getting her leg shattered by a golf cart. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. There's no way of knowing for sure. Yeah, you can't know for sure. (laughs) Stormy, on September 1997, uh, prior to a preseason NHL game, Hurricanes mascot Stormy was doing his mascot prep, awaiting his big entrance out of the Zamboni. The only problem? Dude never came out. Apparently, Stormy had a serious panic attack in the Zamboni and had to be taken to the hospital for treatment. Doesn't sound like he was cut out to be a mascot. That's that's tough. That's tough. I yep. mean, it. I, I would guess, you know, it sounds like he's, uh, what do you call it? Afraid of enclosed spaces. Sure. Claustrophobic. Claustrophobic. Yeah. Like, if you're claustrophobic, I imagine mostly you're okay being a mascot. I would think so. Yep. Well, I guess unless you feel claustrophobic about being in the suit. Right, right. That would yeah. be that. I didn't think that all the way through. And finally, Jack the Bulldog. On March 2012, Georgetown mascot Jack the Bulldog was wiped out of March Madness before the rest of the team, although his injury was sustained off the court. According to a tweet by Jack's trusted keeper, the, a Jesuit priest, he was likely injured while attempting to jump off the couch. By the way, this is a real bulldog, Jack yeah, the Bulldog. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> yep. Apparently he like, tore the doggy version of an ACL. Hurt, it's, yeah, as long as it's people getting hurt, it's funny, but... Yep. An actual dog, Phil? Yeah, the doggy jumped off the couch, tore his doggy version of an ACL. Very sad. Oh, no. Yeah, in a way, this is the most tragic one, so it's very. it makes sense they'd end on this one. I feel terrible about yeah. poor Jack the Bulldog. Yeah. Poor little, not, not like stupid Michaela Mills with her shattered leg. Right. And that brings <laughs> an end to another wide world of weird sports. Oh, we care so much more about animals than we do about people in our society. Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings to a close another sports. 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 Podcast. Before we go, we're going to give it to Superfan Dan to give you our contact information. That's right. I'm still here. All right. You can find us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. That's facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. You can like the Augusta National uh, Golf Course on Facebook. But remember what happens to snitches. Or you can find us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. That's twitter.com slash sports the number three podcast. And as soon as I get my own connected device, you'll be able to follow me at Superfan Dan. Or you can find us all of our back episodes at anchor.fm slash sports number three podcast. That's anchor.fm slash sports number three podcast. Make sure to listen for more Superfan Dan action. Thank you, Dan. You're welcome. Hey guys. Joel. Joel. I just got an email from uh, groundskeeper at augustanational.com. Yep. The subject header, your correspondent. Bye, Bye Joel. Joel.